Blog Talk Radio. It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone. And we are into our first show of the new year, a new month, and a, yeah, what I could say, a belated Happy New Year to you. Uh, yeah, it's been an interesting one so far. So uh, hopefully you had a very safe and pleasant holiday season. If you're still here, be thankful more than anything. And uh, we're just going to get, we've got two guests here for the show, and so we're going to roll right along. I'll be telling you about some new segments that we're going to add to the show as we go right along into the new year. Okay, as always, we're going to first take a uh, look at some auditions. Everybody loves the auditions, and so uh, we've got some for you here starting right now before I tell you about our two guests here. Well, if you are fascinated, I should say, by the world of reality show television, this is an audition. Actually, all of these auditions are just for you because there's a new independent production company and they are currently looking for three people it could be couples included. Uh, and if you are in the process of renovating a van or a school bus, yeah, a van or a school bus, if you're thinking about or maybe you are doing a renovation and you're doing this renovation to eventually live and travel throughout the country. A lot of people are doing that now. Uh, it's something that I might want to do myself, maybe, you know, for a few weeks or so. But anyway, this is a new potential reality show. Actually, don't say potential. It is a reality show. And they're looking for people who are currently in the renovation mode, or maybe you are about to begin renovation for uh, on a van or a school bus with the purpose of living and traveling in it. They're looking for very energetic, outgoing, really adventurous people between the ages of 18 and 35, and you are encouraged to apply. So if you would like more information about this project, email your contact information and any photographs or videos that you may have of your van or your school bus. In the email, tell the people, the producers, where you currently live, and just a short bio about yourself and um, the other person or two, because they want three people for this show. And what you need to do is email that information to van, V-A-N, vanlifehpp at gmail.com. And that's, again, van, V-A-N, life, H. P is in Paul, P is in Paul at gmail.com. This is a show. Once it's done, I know that I would definitely watch it. It looks, I love watching YouTube videos like that. Okay, so here is our second audition. Well, so many of you viewers 
millions of you fans out there are more than familiar with the hit show Super Nanny. Well, guess what? Super Nanny is back on Lifetime. And our favorite Super Nanny, Joe Frost, Nanny Joe, is looking to bring her very special, magical experience of decades upon decades of wisdom and parenting into the homes of uh, parents nationwide and to hopefully tackle some of these really tough situations, especially with people having to uh, homeschool and such. You know, the parenting is probably very, very tougher. So if you are struggling to control the screen time and the parenting issues and all of that that applies to today's uh, modern parents, what you need to do is send a brief description of whatever the issues that you are facing, as well as a family picture. Okay, you need to email your address, the city you live in, a contact telephone number if you'd like to try out for Super Nanny. And again, if I didn't mention this earlier, no, I think I did not. You need to be a U.S. resident and you need to email that information to this email address, casting at aberrantcreative.com and casting at aberrant and aberrant is spelled A, B is in boy, E-R-R-A-N-T, creative.com. That is the casting agency. Send it in. You might get selected, you and your family, to be on Super Nanny and have Nanny Joe help you guys out with whatever is going on with your uh, you know, parent, you've seen the show, you know how it works. Okay, and finally, uh, third audition, dogs, pet lovers, especially dogs. This is a, a new international documentary series on Netflix, and it shows the love between pet owners and their dogs. So if you have or, or maybe if you know of an amazing dog and human bond story, maybe it's you or maybe it's somebody, again, that you know, uh, and you're about to go on a really amazing journey with your four-legged friend, your dog, uh, you might be a person that they're looking for or even, okay, footnote, even if you are about to adopt a dog or maybe you're getting a puppy. Any of that applies. So if you want to share an amazing dog story with the producers, you need to email your contact information so that the producers can discuss with you about the possibility of being a part of uh, the international documentary series, Dogs. That's just that. Same email address, casting at aberrant, A-B as in boy, E-R-R-A-N-T, creative.com. Tell them your story, you know, just keep it brief, pictures if you got it and you need it, and see if you and your dog are selected. So, okay, those are our three auditions, and as always, if you don't have time to write the email addresses down, if you need that, just email me, info at filmfestivalradio.com, and I will be more than happy to send you all of that information. So, when we come back, we'll be ready for our next guest. So, I know it's our first guest. We'll be ready for our first guest. We'll be right back after this. Okay, we are back with more of Film Festival Radio Show here with me, Janice Malone. And uh, before we get to our first guest, I just got these uh, this announcement in while we were on a quick break there. Really want to share this one with you. Okay, we had our auditions, but this one is, I think, the granddaddy of auditions here, especially if you love game shows. 
And who doesn't love game shows? I don't think I trust people who don't like game shows. There's something not right about that. Well, one of the most treasured game shows in American history and game show daytime history is, of course, Let's Make a Deal. It's right there with the prices, right? They're both just, they're just iconic game shows. So you are in luck if you are a big fan of Let's Make a Deal, hosted by, of course, Emmy Award winning host Wayne Brady. Uh, they are having auditions and you have until January 22. That's about two weeks from now to get your information and to possibly uh, be a contestant on Let's Make a Deal. And the really cool news is that you can audition at home by way of Zoom. Yes, 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 yes. So if you are in the Southern California area, or maybe you plan a trip and going over to Southern Cal, you know, here in Vegas, we drive that like it's nothing. So um, if you are selected, that's what will happen. And uh, COVID-19 protocols, health safety measures will be in place. They will be enforced if you are selected to go in person. Just keep that in mind. So, but for now, we've got to do first things first. Uh, again, deadline is January 22 to get this information in. So all you have to do is email. The first thing is email. Email the following items. Your first and last name, your age, your contact telephone number, the city and state where you live, and your occupation. What is it that you do? Are you a homemaker? Are you uh, Uber driver, a doctor, lawyer, whatever? Uh, it is that you do, of course. And a recent picture of you. We're all into selfies. I know you've got plenty of pictures on your phone in your gallery, so... Just, you know, attach all of that and email it, send it to casting, C-A-S-T-I-N-G, castingtv123 at gmail.com. That's pretty much it. And in the subject line, just put uh, auditions for Let's Make a Deal. You can't get any more simpler than that. That's real easy. I can even do that without messing it up. Uh, no, I can't audition, though. But one more time, Let's Make a Deal. Contestant tryouts, they're auditioning from home by way of Zoom. If you are selected, that's the first step. Uh, now through January 22, and again, they need your first and last name, your age, a contact telephone number, the city and state where you live, your occupation, and a recent picture of you. And if you are selected, of course, you'll have to go to the Los Angeles area of where they tape the show, and boom, you select it, you might win, whatever. And if you don't win, I understand. I think if you get zonked, I think they still give you like a hundred dollars, one hundred fifty bucks, something like that, for your time. But I mean, you know, it's a lot of fun, obviously. There. So good luck. Let us know if you get selected, and let us know. Hey, we heard the announcement on your show. Yeah, we would love that. Send us an email: info at filmfestivalradio.com. Okay. One more thing before we get to our guest here. Wallet Hub, wallethub.com. This is a website that's all about helping consumers have a more budget-friendly, budget-happy wallets and bank accounts and spending habits. Wallethub.com. Well, according to wallethub.com, they just released their annual post-holiday shopping survey. Now, all of us will probably be surprised. I know I was very surprised at this. Uh, 
This revealed that 39% of Americans believe that they overspent during the holidays. Yeah. And 164 million Americans are now worried about saving enough money for the new year. For the new year, yeah. But you know, that happens every year when people overspend for the holidays. They always worry about it. The minute January 2nd arrives, it, it just happens. Uh, further findings, according to WalletHub.com, uh, their survey and research indicates that one in three Americans say that the 2020 holiday season was worth going into debt for, and that's a 46% increase over 2019. Uh, two in five Americans say that COVID-19 did not affect their holidays. What it did mine. Fifty-three uh, percent of Americans think the U.S. economy will not go back to normal in the new year, and nearly one in three Americans say 2020 was a poor year for their finances. Even though it kind of contradicts itself, even though they believe that overspending during the holidays was well worth it. Yeah. I don't know. So what do you think? Do you think it was, did you overspend for the holidays? Do you think it was worth it? I guess to see the smiling faces on your family. Yes, of course it is. Your little kitties are all happy. Your husband, husby, <laughs> husband or your wife. I got to use word husby. Uh, to see the smiling faces, of course, it's worth it. But then you got to figure out how you got to pay for this stuff. But again, thank you, WalletHub.com, for providing us that information. And uh, we just love, they send us surveys like this all throughout the year. It's just, just really interesting stuff I like sharing with you listeners there. So anyway, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more of Film Festival Radio Show. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back with more of Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone, here. And, uh, yeah, just getting through the show. This is our first show of the new year here. Um, yeah, the new year is shaping up to be kind of, sort of, of a continuation of last year so far. But hopefully we can correct things. We, we still have a whole year. we got 11 more months to correct things. But uh, let's get to our next guest here. I am very excited to be chatting with our guest. And while we are awaiting for her to get on board, I will give you this bit of uh, background information. We are going to talk about uh, a new book. The book is titled One Step Further, My Story of Math, the Moon, and a Lifelong Mission. Yeah, this new book is about the amazing life story of NASA mathematician Katherine Johnson, whose life story and accomplishments, along with her colleagues, were the subject of the Academy Award-nominated film Hidden Figures back in 2016. Now, Ms. Johnson was portrayed by Taraji P. Henson uh, in this Oscar-nominated film, and I, that was probably one of my favorite films that I actually bought it myself. I didn't ask for a free press copy, but I just love it. It's such an inspiring film. But again, yes, it was an Oscar-nominated film, and it was, again, about the trailblazing work that black women did at NASA, NASA back in the day that was a very integral 
part of the space race, the American space race at that time. And Miss Johnson's, uh, her mathematic, uh, mathematical calculations of orbital mechanics, which is a little bit over my head, uh, of what our orbital mechanics are. But this was a part of her, her, her work as a NASA employee, and it was very critical to the success and the uh, up, upcoming and the subsequent American crewed space flights that eventually went to the moon. Now, she calculated and analyzed these, these uh, very intricate and complicated flight paths of many of the spacecrafts during her work with NASA, which spanned until over three decades. And her work really did help um, the astronauts land on the moon. Unfortunately, Ms. Catherine died uh, last year, February 24th, at the long age of 101 years old. But before she passed away, she and her two daughters put together this new book. Again, the short title is uh, One Step Further. And they did the book along with uh, National Geographic Kids. Yes, very key point right there. It's a, a very beautifully illustrated picture book. And it really goes into the details of uh, this very important mathematician's uh, early life, her unprecedented achievements to the NASA space program, and her drive to break down gender and racial barriers so that not only her daughters, but millions of other young women and young kids across the globe can be inspired to continue to reach for whatever your goals are in life. You know, grown people too, us, us big kids too. And so I am so honored to bring uh, one of her daughters, uh, Miss Johnson's daughters. Her name is also Catherine. Her name is Catherine Moore. And she will be chatting with me about this wonderful new book about the life and some of the work of her very amazing mom. So I've been given the uh, red light here that uh, she is on the other line. So let's switch over to chat with her. We only have a very short window of time to chat with her because it's such a long line of media people, obviously, who want to talk to Catherine about the book. So let's bring her on right now. Thank you. Hello. Good afternoon, Catherine. What a, what a pleasure it is to chat with you this afternoon. Absolutely. I've been waiting for this interview, looking forward to it for a long time here. And here we, of course, we're talking about um, the new book that you and your sister have, uh, One Step Further, My Story of Math, the Moon, and a Lifelong Mission about your, just your mom, just a, an icon, an American icon. Um, this book is uh, was produced by National Geographic Kids, a picture book. So about what age group of kids do you are you guys uh, aiming the book towards? Well, the target age was like four to eight, but we have said after seeing the finished product that the information is long-ranging. I mean, it can go from soup to nuts if it is used as a teaching tool. It can teach values through middle school especially uh, because it's really just a story about life and what you do based on what you dealt yeah. and how to make the most of it and, and it's just her story 
And what a wonderful story it is. Of course, uh, with the Oscar-nominated film, uh, 2016 Oscar-nominated film, uh, your mom portrayed by Taraji P. Henson and just on and on, just all the accolades. And we are so happy that your mom has such a long life that she got the opportunity to see and show the world just the work that she and all of those other ladies did for NASA. And I, I just can't even imagine the accolades and the words that your family must have received after this movie was uh, released and books and such. Yes, and actually even before, because her acknowledgement from President Obama with the uh, Medal of Freedom was two years before the movie. Exactly. Her first uh, honorary doctorate was in 1998. So there were different times that she was acknowledged, probably on a much smaller scale, but the movie and book certainly... Uh, exposed her to a bigger audience, a wider audience, but the story didn't change. She was just this young girl born in West Virginia back in the eight, 1918, which was certainly not <laughs> well known for anything other than the World War One and the Depression. I mean, there were all kinds of reasons not to excel. And yet, because of who she was in the family she was born into and the lessons that were taught there, she was able to become Katherine Johnson, the NASA computer. And so I know there has to be so many things, but what are one or two things in particular that you and your sister remember about your mom's work when you ladies were, were children and she was there at NASA? My first memory was that we'd get up in the morning, and you see, we were a little older than the movie showed us to be at the time, because in, in 54, I was 10. Uh, but she was already dressed. And what she said to us along the way, and then in the retelling later on, was when you enjoyed what you did, it wasn't work. So she would be up and dressed and ready to go, and she rode with another black computer every morning for 30-some years. Uh, they would alternate who drove and go to work, and she loved her job. She didn't take a lot of time off, except she did once a year go to her CIAA basketball tournament, which was HBCU high school, I mean, college uh, basketball teams, and that was their group, and she, that was her vacation every year, and then she would do her sorority work once every two years, I believe it was, but she loved life. She was active at her church. She was active, you know, she, in other words, she had a balanced life, but her job was something that she thoroughly enjoyed doing. Oh, that's so wonderful to hear. It's so wonderful to hear. Yeah. <laughs> something I've a topic I've never been able to conquer and to see these ladies and your mom just eat that math up like it's a slice of cheesecake is just just amazing, you know. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, tell me what about? Do you remember about what age, uh, ages you and your sister were when you fully 
began to realize the, the, how important the work that your mom was doing, just, just how valuable it was. Well, how old were you? Well, you see, the, the early years, I mean, her work was always secret work. Ah. She didn't bring anything home. Okay. She didn't bring any NASA work home. But we knew she went to NASA. We knew that, you know, the space program was just starting. This was in the early 50s. And um, we would read the newspaper. And, for instance, if she knew that there was a satellite being uh, sent off or there was something to look into the sky for us to see, she would know to take us outside. And we'd watch that. We always talked about the uh, stars and all because she had... Uh, knowledge of that, which then her knowledge increased our curiosity because my older sister actually became a NASA mathematician. I became the teacher part, although math was one of my better subjects. I loved math. And that came about because of the way she introduced it. She made it fun. We added numbers. We counted everything. We played games that had to do with numbers. Uh, we'd have to, if we were driving on one of our eight-hour trips to West Virginia, we'd have to hook, count up, add the license plates the quickest. Uh, just different games so that your familiarity with numbers and what they did and what they meant were like fun. And so when you got to school, you didn't shy away from a math class. And we are determined, I mean, I'm, I know that that was the difference between me and my math. And then my son, uh, Jolette's son, Connie had a son who, lo they loved math. They would work, we worked jigsaw puzzles, we worked crossword puzzles, trying to figure out answers. She wanted you curious and she wanted you to learn. She said, learn something every day. So that excitement was just instilled in us at an early, at an early age. We loved reading. We loved knowing something different. And finally, I unfortunately I have a limited time with you. I could just I must have twenty questions I want to ask, but I know I have to wrap it up. But what would you like for your the young readers to to walk away with after they see uh, one step further this wonderful new book? That anybody can do anything that they set their minds to. If you read the book, you will know that she started from a very ordinary beginning, and because of her curiosity and her, her, her perseverance and her interest and her asking questions, that she was able to do what she wanted to do and do it to the best of her ability, which then got her the attention that she wasn't seeking. But if you do your job well, you will be recognized. Um, I just believe that learning is the key to lifelong living. And her book just showed that when you are thoroughly engaged in life and in and being, I, I say she started with treat others the way you want to be treated, mm -hmm. and then they don't mind seeing you coming, they will answer your questions. But she just enjoyed what she was doing, no matter how hard it was to get to that point. 
She always looked at the positive side, did the very best she could do. And I think if students read this or if parents teach from this book, they will see that bad things can happen to good people, but it doesn't have to make you angry and bitter and stop working. It makes you work harder so you're ready for what comes. Absolutely. Well, again, your mom was just such a national, international treasure because her work and with the other ladies, it just made an impact with NASA, which, of course, impacted the entire space world all over the world. And uh, I just so wish that I could have had the opportunity to, to interview her. But, hey, I've got her daughter, so that's just almost as good there. So thank you. I'm almost there anytime. Okay, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for the book and for your time, and Happy New Year to you and your family. And to you, so, and thanks for talking about the book. Absolutely, we'll just continue to spread the word. Okay, take care then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you so much, Catherine, for giving us the backstory in the making of uh, the book again, One Step Further there. And it's available at Amazon, of course, and Barnes & Noble and just all the really cool places where you normally buy your books. It's right there waiting for you. Okay, brings me to our final guest for this uh, edition of Film Festival Radio Show. Well, if you are a big fan of uh, Discovery Channel's hit show, Undercover Billionaire, second season just launched on Wednesday, this past Wednesday, January 6th. And in the new season, uh, we have one of the guests. We have uh, as our guest one of the contestants, competitors, however way you want to say it. Participants, that's a good way. Now, if you're not familiar with Undercover Billionaire, the show features three self-made entrepreneurs who they get on the show and they're setting out to prove that these tycoons will start all over from scratch to prove to viewers that you don't need anything but drive and just good people to help build a big business. So the whole premise is for 90 days and nothing but $100 in their pockets, these three very successful business people will put $1 million on the line to go undercover and build a thriving million-dollar business for a small town somewhere in America. Yeah, that's the premise of the show. If you've already seen it, you know how it works. But it's fun. It's fun to look at, and you learn a lot from it. So that brings me to our guest. Uh, Our guest is Elaine Colotti, and she's a very successful real estate developer, an interior designer, founder of House of Rock in Los Angeles. Uh, She also has a very successful farm-to-table farm that uh, we'll hopefully uh, can get around to that, and uh, we'll talk about that. But uh, Elaine has been cast on the second season of Undercover Billionaire, and she is uh, one of those three business people. 
She's going to take the $100 and start up a whole brand new million-dollar business. Can she do it in 90 days? Yes? No? Well, we're going to find out. Uh, we're going to stay tuned uh, each week, and we'll just find out, will Elaine succeed or not? And so um, I got the opportunity to chat with Elaine earlier this week before the premiere. Of course, she had big plans for the premiere. And let's roll my interview with her to talk about her experience on Season 2 of Undercover Billionaire. So let's roll it right now with Elaine Kalati. Oh, hi, Elaine. So nice to chat with you. How is everything going? It's good. How are you? I'm good. I've uh, really been anxious to talk to you because you have such a fascinating story of success. Um, but also, of course, we're, we're talking about the upcoming uh, season two of uh, Undercover Billionaire on Discovery, and you are uh, one of the new cast members. So... Uh, you have, so, as I said, you have so much success under your belt. So why is it that you decided to take on this challenge of being on Undercover Billionaire? Okay, now. Um, so first of all, thank you for having me on, first of all. Um, there was a quite a big search to try to find the right three people to do this for Glenn. Glenn wanted high net worth earners to land in the towns that they were landing in and sort of revive, you know, COVID because obviously the, the morale of, you know, the United States was pretty, pretty banged up by July. And um, we had 90 days uh, with absolutely no resources. And we couldn't have picked a better time. I personally feel like I couldn't have picked a better time to, to be invited on to do it. Uh, it was imminently much more challenging with everything being closed. But I was fortunate because I wound up in a town that was essential. And I was able to create essential business, which is the most important thing right now, pivot, you know, to change it up a bit. And um, what, a, what an experience I had. And so I want to uh, let everybody know, of course, uh, Season 2, Undercover Billionaire, will be Wednesday, January 6, 8 p.m. Eastern and Pacific Time. So we've got that business out of the way. So can you uh, reveal to us what town it is, or do we have to wait until the premiere? We were hoping to wait until the premiere, but the cat has gotten out of the bag, my dear. Um, people have, you know, welcome to social media, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can't keep a secret with social media. It's Never. Kind of, you know, just one of those things. I, I personally, I personally, you know, I've been really quiet about it. But the good news is, is that the town that I'm from is so important in California that it, um, it's big. You know, it's the Central Valley, and um, it, I can, I can tell you this much: uh, we need to, we need to really. Uh, eat well, and and we eat well because of the Central Valley. So I'm really lucky I landed in the Central Valley. Okay. Now, was this a, a, a town that you personally selected, or did the, the show select for you? No, Jens, you have no idea where you're going. Oh. You have no idea. They don't tell you anything, nothing. Not where, not when, what to pack, not if it's cold, not if it's hot, nothing. You get 100 bucks and an old truck, and a phone with no Wi-Fi. And it's good luck and good bowling. Off you go. Oh, my gosh. So, of <laughs> course, no GPS, no Alexa, none of those girls, nothing. <laughs> no, no help, no. No eyelashes, no nothing. There's none of it. Okay. So you, no, you... no. Be no beauty. Oh, gosh. Or just yeah. the beauty. I've had enough of that already, <laughs> just being at home. But so, so here, 
know. <laughs> Here you are. You just roll into town. No one in this town knows anything, of course, about what you're there for. So did did, did you give your real name? I guess we'll, of course, see all of that, but can you tell us that much when you arrived in town? No, you have an alias, and I actually thought to myself that, you know, I can drive anything. So I thought what I'll do is I'll get myself into a new business um, by, you know, maybe doing some day labor, and I can drive anything. But right when I got there, you know, the first thing is you have to get shelter. And I, I tell you what, I never thought about it, but you can't even get a hotel without a driver's license. No. And I was under an alias, so I had no driver's I couldn't present a driver's license. You know, you, you have to you have to do you literally you have to be so resourceful. You have no because you have nothing, and a hundred dollars in in our world and even there is gone in one to ten minutes. Oh yeah. One to ten minutes. One decision is a hundred dollars. Yeah. So you can't you can't you have to think for a minute and you have to knock on doors and you have to ask for help and you have to be prepared to sleep anywhere, eat anything, do anything. You have to be prepared for that to go. And so. Even though you are, as we said, a, a very successful entrepreneur, a businesswoman, uh, one of your interior designer, et cetera, and one of your most famous businesses was as the founder of House of Rock. Um, so, okay, among others. So, but this whole starting with nothing, this is sort of an art imitating life experience for you because you've kind of been through this earlier in your life. So tell us about that, those years. Well, I think that, you know, entrepreneurs um, are, you know, generally self-starting, um, hard, to hard, hard to talk off of alleged people. Once they are onto something, they're onto something. I'm a dog with a bone, right? And, um, it, it, I'm highly motivated by projects that are challenging. I, I, I really pride myself in being able to work out um, something that's very challenging or something that not, not that very few people can do. And I've said it a million times. You know, if it, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. House of Rock is no, absolutely no exception to that. That was a metaphor for for music. It's turning the actual house into a recording studio. I actually worked with iHeart. Um, I had a great partners in Clear Channel and and um, and Live Nation, and Clive Davis and iHeartRadio. We were just going to town over there. We had a ball, but it wasn't about the things that it was made um, up to be about in the news and the time. It was really about raising money for charity. It was really a philanthropic ride. And frankly, this show, Undercover Billionaire, is exactly the same platform. It is a philanthropic ride. It's about existential wealth. It's not about billions of dollars at all because it's taking people that know how to get someplace and planting them into a place where everyone else needs to learn the same thing. All I was doing is do as I do, watch what I do, and you're going to be exactly where you need to be, right? That was what it was about. That was the message. Having a billion dollars, it's so interesting. Um, 60% of billionaires are entrepreneurs. 60% of billionaires started with nothing. It's a large that, number. That's very it. large, extremely large. So, okay. I have so many questions. I'm about to alphabetize them for you. Okay, so so here you are. You're you're in this this town. It's is is you know parts unknown USA. We'll say for now. Um, what was the most challenging aspect of those ninety days for you? 
Uh, I leaving. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. I missed I missed them and it and all of it. Leaving was the most was the hardest. Having to actually go home. I love them. I love love my town. I'm like a big fan. Oh my goodness. Um, it, it was everything is. It was hard. It was hard for a little while to like take you know off all of the you know duct tape and staples, the beauty, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I live, you know, because I got a Hollywood life. I have a, you know, a lot of really beautiful things in my life and luxuries, luxury, luxury, luxury. And then all of a sudden to, you know, you know, not have any of that or access to any of it or, nor was it important. Um, it just took me, you know, a little while to be accepting of that and forget about it. It's not, it's not even worth it anyway. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. And, um, it it recreated my belief in American pride, and um, I I had to you know have a real talk with myself about you know who I am and how I am, and that I'm going to be multiple times. I had to have that conversation with myself multiple times to remind me of me. Um, and once I had all of these you know connections and people that I met, I um, had to you know thank God and be grateful for how lucky I was to come across the people that I came across. You can come across anyone in life, you know, for whatever reason, I just, I found the dandiest bunch. I mean, they are just incredible people. Every single one of them for one reason or another are so special. And so have you had an opportunity um, to, to drive back and go back and see everyone yet? Or are you waiting for after the holidays or, or what? Um, I, I have to, I have, to be very uh, true to the brand, um, remember that the brand is that you cannot put anything, any of your own resources into the actual business, right? Uh-huh. You're not allowed to. So for me, I cannot do that. So what I can do is make calls and talk to them and support them and come up with ideas and help them, you know, create business for themselves and everything else. But I have to be very careful about the brand and protecting it until the show airs. But when the show airs, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely like shout it from the top of the mountain. Tell me, Elaine, I understand that you have a huge 40 acre ranch. So can you give us any details uh, about, do you have any future plans for it? Is it just a a personal uh, residence or, or what? Um, it's 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 a personal residence. It's a, it's a you know place that I um, have basically called home now for quite some time. I, um, it's big enough for the family to all be here during holidays and weekends. Um, I have all my dogs here and horses and animals and ducks and swans and tortoises and stuff. So I found like a little zoo here. Um, but we the reason that this this is important is because this is where I started farming. And um, farming is, you know, small farming is really where my heart lies uh, for as far as, as our future here in the United States. We need to take care of small farming. And we have the greatest soil in the world in California. We have excellent water resources in California. We have um, uh, the longest growing season in the United States. We have so many things. We have, so, have 76,000 small farmers. We are a force to be reckoned with. And with this platform of Undercover Billionaire and with my town that I was in, I am shining a light on small farming and I'm saying that it is essential that we support small farming and the ranch is that place. 
that's what it does. We distribute for small farming here. We farm here. We um, cut, pack, clean, deliver. We do CSA. We take stuff to anybody that doesn't have food. We're all about that here. Oh, that's It's so really cool. special. That is so cool. I have so much respect for farmers. <laughs> I got one last question here. Okay. You, you took $100 and you, you made it do what it do, as they say. Uh, for this show, but I think obviously you could, even without the cameras, you could have done it. So what is the main thing? Why can't pe most people do this? I've been trying to do this for 13 years. It took me 13 years to get on XM Serious. I just got on there six weeks ago. Why is it so hard for most people to, to take that $100 or $200 and have that big success? I think, um, you know, the name of the game when you are starting out with absolutely nothing is to have an idea. Mm -hmm. And to have that idea supported by you, right, your idea supported by you, your confidence that that idea will survive. And working out the strategic plan for that idea to be born, for it to monetize, is very, so it becomes about focus. and. We are doing a lot of interviews and talking about this very subject. And what I would like to call it for you is existential wealth. Okay. That is, your, your attributes have value. And most people, when they look at a balance sheet, they look at currency, you know, like how much mm -hmm. money do you have in assets and how much money do you have in the bank, right? Yes. But let me tell you yes. something. Your ability to communicate is an asset. It is a currency that you can trade. This, this, the place that you sit is a currency. The history that you have in this business and everything that you've learned is a currency. You can trade that in for a job. And what you have to really understand about yourself is what is your existential balance sheet? What are you worth as a person? And once you figure out what all your attributes are, what your skill set is, that's when you can build something. Because now you have something that no one else has. You have you, right? Oh, yeah. You know what you're worth. And I think that that is a very big... Um, lesson that we are not learning. We're, we're looking. We're focused on one currency. We're focused on the dollar. It's that's that's not gonna. You can't eat that. It eats you. You take. It's you. It's gone in a minute if you don't manage it. Oh yeah. You start over. You have to build your existential balance sheet. You have to be a person of notable importance to you, and that will get you another dollar. Not not anything else. You know, I mean, the amount of money you would have to actually inherit to invest to live, it's, it's, it's absurd. You need to earn, and to earn, you have to have your own balance sheet that's about you. And you, my dear, are where you need to be to have a big existential balance sheet. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Well, anyway, Elaine, again, uh, Discovery Second Season of Undercover Billionaire premieres Wednesday, January 6, 8 p.m., you will be right there. I can't wait to see it. Uh, be a part of the Zoom crowd there. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with this. And I just can't wait to see what town this is. I'm really curious now, even more so. I like your voice, too. You're so easy to listen to. You have such a great, like, way to – it's very pleasant. Oh, well, thank you. Well, I, no. I'm naturally nosy. I just love talking to people, especially successful people, because every time I talk to a successful person, I'm always looking for what can I learn from them. So I, I'm really into the conversation. I'm not just 
you know, talking to, oh, hey, I'm talking to well, that's awesome, but that's such a humble, like, way. It's like, you know, like, and you listen so well. Like, you like you ask very good questions. It's cool. Good good for you, really. Oh, well, thank really. you. Really. I'm very, that's very cool. Well, thank you. You know, we do a lot of these interviews. Some people are, like, talking over you. And uh-huh. You're just, that's really good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. All right. I'm going to go celebrate and get a donut for that. So, yeah. Okay. You do it. Well, maybe or a piece of fruit, okay? Piece of fruit. <laughs> okay. Piece of fruit. Banana. A banana instead. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. my dear. I will hope to see you on Zoom night. Can't wait. Okay. All okay. right. All right. Take care, man. See you next uh, month. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, thank you so much, Elaine, again, uh, Elaine Kalati from uh, Season 2 of Undercover Billionaire airs Wednesday nights on uh, this, the Discovery Network, 8 p.m. our time here in this time zone. So do you think you could do it? Do you think that you could take $100 and turn it into a million-dollar business after ni- just, just 90 days? That's all you've got. Do you think you could do it? Uh, I don't think I could. I'm just being honest. I don't, I don't know how they did it, but um, hey, they proved that it can be done for some people. I am not one of them, but maybe you can. Maybe that you can. Maybe that's a good experiment that you can uh, do while we are still uh, biding our time, being at home uh, during this. Um, pandemic awfulness here. But anyway, uh, we are out of time to further speak of time uh, with this edition of Film Festival Radio Show, our first show of the new year. And we want to thank both of our guests for being on for this show. And of course, thank you guys as well. And whatever you do, make it a safe next week. Continue to be safe and healthy and try to keep our minds. That includes me too. I'm talking to to, to the choir, to the choir here, uh, trying to keep our minds in a positive aspect as much as possible. So we will see you guys on our next show here on Film Festival Radio. Make it a great week, and we'll see you one week from today. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio. With your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com.